Welcome to Better Animal Handling, Chapter 1, Episode 5. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog, and much more attractive co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on zoonoses, diseases transmitted from animals to humans. Our topics for this week are, what are zoonoses, and how to prevent transmission of zoonoses. Zoonosis is any infectious disease of animals that can be transmitted to humans under natural conditions. Of the more than 1,400 known infectious diseases of humans, 60% are zoonotic. Most are associated with the gastrointestinal tract, and transmission is fecal-oral. More than 50 zoonotic diseases are known to be present in the United States. Examples include rabies, salmonellosis, cryptosporidiosis, plague, sporotrichosis, psittacosis, and ringworm. Routes of transmission of zoonotic disease include contact, aerosol, and vector-borne. Every animal can carry some diseases that humans could acquire. However, handling apparently healthy domestic animals using basic sanitary practices, such as keeping hands away from eyes, nose, and mouth, keeping skin cuts covered, and washing hands after handling animals, carries very little risk of acquiring zoonotic disease. Stressful handling, including prolonged transportation or overcrowding of animals, can increase the risk of animals shedding disease organisms. The actual incidence of diseases transmitted from animals to humans is not clear, but the reported frequency is no doubt low compared to the actual occurrence. Non-fatal zoonoses are underdiagnosed and underreported. The risk of disease transmitted from animals is greater among people with immature or impaired immune systems. Children five years of age or younger should have supervised exposure to animals due to immature immune systems and a tendency to put unwashed hands in their mouth. Animal handlers that are more than 70 years old may have increased risk of zoonoses from declining immune responses. Some conditions, diseases, or treatments in humans, regardless of their age, may lower their resistance to zoonoses. These diseases include systemic diseases such as HIV, congenital immunodeficiencies, diabetes mellitus, chronic renal failure, alcoholism, liver cirrhosis, malnutrition, and certain cancers. Pregnancy can also reduce the non-pregnant immune response. Treatments for cancer, organ or bone marrow transplants, and autoimmune diseases can depress immunity. Splenectomy and long-term hemodialysis are also treatments that can suppress immunity. Young children and immunosuppressed adults should especially avoid nursing calves, 
all reptiles, and baby chicks and ducklings. High-risk animals for transmitting zoonoses are the young females giving birth and unvaccinated stray or feral animals. Others include those fed raw meat diets, kept in crowded conditions, and with internal or external parasites. In addition, most reptiles and wild or exotic species are high-risk sources for zoonotic diseases. Keeping animals healthy can also reduce the risk of zoonoses and transmission to humans. Routine veterinary care, vaccinations, and parasite screening should be maintained. High-quality food is advisable. Dog, cat, or ferret foods that contain any supplementary egg, poultry, or meat products should have been adequately cooked. Raw pet foods can be a source of zoonotic bacteria such as salmonella. Abby says she likes her ribeye steaks done well. Pets should be prevented from drinking from toilet bowls and eating garbage, hunting wildlife, or eating other animals' feces. All pets should be kept away from areas where human food is prepared. Hand washing is essential to controlling the transmission of disease. Proper hand washing procedure is to first clean the fingernails and remove rings, second wet hands, third apply an olive size amount of liquid soap to a palm, four scrub both hands while counting to 20 slowly, and five rinse thoroughly and dry with paper towels. All animal handling locations should have a means for handlers to wash hands. Animal handlers should keep their fingernails short and, if necessary, use moisturizers to keep the skin from cracking and creating portals for disease entry. Alcohol-based rubs are effective against most disease-producing agents if the hands are not visibly soiled with organic material. If bitten or scratched, the wound should be thoroughly cleaned with warm, soapy water. Compression should be applied if bleeding persists and a physician should be consulted. Special precautions are needed if working with animals with diarrhea or with skin or mouth sores. Pregnant women should not handle cat litter or use in the process of lambing. All animal handlers should be vaccinated against tetanus every 10 years, as recommended by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Horse handlers are particularly at risk. Handlers of hogs or poultry should be vaccinated with the current human influenza virus vaccine. Some animal-related diseases are transmitted to humans indirectly via ectoparasite vectors such as mosquitoes, including encephalitis viruses, ticks, which carry Rocky Mountain spotted fever and many others, and fleas, which carry cat scratch disease. The animal carrying the ectoparasite may or may not become ill. Control of ectoparasites on animals to be handled is important to the animal and to the handler's health. Ectoparasites are controlled in dogs and cats with individually applied topical insecticides and acaricides. Livestock are protected using dusters, dust bags, back rubbers and oilers, porons, impregnated ear tags, feed-through larvicides, 
or boluses of insect growth regulators. Premise control may include sprays, traps, and baits. Yards need to be mowed frequently enough to keep the grass height short. Pastures and pens should be either cleaned of manure or harrowed on a weekly basis. Manure piles and other compost should be turned weekly. Rodents and birds can also be disease vectors. These are controlled by eliminating entry to animal dwellings and hiding places. Access to food sources should be eliminated by maintaining food storage in rodent-proof sealed containers and with proper disposal of garbage. Abby says I don't need any containers. She'll guard my steaks and pork chops safely in her mouth and tummy. Means of exposure to zoonoses are varied. Direct transmission can be contact with animal saliva, blood, urine, or feces with handler eyes, nose, or mouth, which can occur from splashing of body fluids or eating, smoking, or touching the face. Contamination of a skin cut, scratch, or crack with animal saliva, blood, urine, or feces are also forms of direct transmission. Indirect transmission can include inhalation of contaminated dust. Vector-borne indirect transmission can be the bite of a fly, mosquito, tick, or flea carrying a zoonotic organism. Personal protective equipment, PPE, should be considered in possible zoonotic risk situations. PPE can include protection of the eyes with properly fitted goggles or ANSI-approved face masks. Protection of the torso can be with lab coats, coveralls, gowns, or aprons. Long sleeves protect against scratches and splashes. The scalp can be partially protected from exposure to cuts, splashes of infectious liquids, and ringworm with a hat. Ears should be protected from excessive noise with earmuffs or molded earplugs. Cotton plugs are insufficient. Feet may be protected with closed toe, slip-resistant, water-impermeable shoes or boots. Hands are typically protected with rubber or nitrile gloves. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Thoroughly wash your hands after feeding or touching animals and removing their waste. Do not dry hands on clothing. Do not permit animals to eat from human plates or utensils. Keep pets supervised to prevent hunting at will and do not feed raw meat. Do not eat or drink in animal handling areas. Wear protective clothing when handling animals. Do not kiss animals. Wash cuts thoroughly. Wear gloves when gardening. Keep animal environments reasonably clean and prevent children from playing where there's animal waste. For example, covers should be kept on children's sandboxes when they're not in use. Clean cat litter daily and wash your hands immediately afterwards. Keep animals from household areas where human food is prepared or handled. 
do not bathe animals in sinks or bathtubs used by humans. Deworm animals on a regular basis and provide reasonable control of fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes. Avoid stray animals. Do not keep wild animals as pets. Vaccinate animals against zoonotic diseases and maintain tetanus vaccinations in all animal handlers. Use proper low-stress handling techniques and containment practices and facilities to reduce stress-induced shedding of zoonotic diseases. Routinely train animal handlers on the prevention of zoonotic disease and animal handling safety measures. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling is available in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press. It's also available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling or restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Epi and I hope that you'll come back next week when we'll talk about transmission of animal diseases. Hey, Abby, are your vaccinations up to date? What do you mean you need to find a vaccine against lame jokes? <laughs> <laughs>